Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. It was such a good time when best-selling author and dietitian Carrie Castle stopped by to talk with us. Carrie's on a mission to bring back the true meaning of the word diet. With a long list of credentials and accomplishments, a thriving private practice, and the success of her book, The Domino Diet, How to Heal You from the Inside Out, Carrie opens up with us all about how healing isn't just about diet and how it doesn't start or end with diet either. Carrie believes that your thoughts become things, you are what you eat, and what you breathe. After the episode, if you're wanting to know more about Carrie, want to snag a copy of The Domino Diet for yourself, or just want to chase your curiosity a bit, head on over to htcpod.com. You're sure to find it there. We've been super excited to have you on. Um, obviously, we both read the book and oh, good. Yeah, it was oh, it was it. wonderful. I'm a personal trainer, and so I've read a lot of like nutrition and and different diet books. And what I really loved about yours was that it it felt like a psychology book, but with a nutrition focus. Um, and you don't get that a lot. And so you talk a lot about the stuff that I deal with with my clients on a daily basis, like the self sabotage and the cravings and you even mentioned one of my all-time favorite books that you are the placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about all that obviously today, but um, I was so curious first, like what got you attracted to the diet and nutrition world? Oh, it found me, honestly. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I remember I was 13 years old or younger laying in bed. Well, I had just watched a show and Shirley MacLaine, I don't know if you remember this, this is going to really date me here, <laughs> um, was talking about a book she wrote out on a limb. And the book was alluding to the fact that you could meditate and all this language, which was completely different. So ironic that fast forward, I end up talking a bit more about that in my book. But um, I remember she said, you could have anything you want. And I was laying there meditating going, what do I want to do? I want to either teach piano because I was somebody who could play piano and was going into bachelor music I thought oh wow <laughs> or I'm gonna go into a career where I can really help my family with their health mm -hmm. I, I don't even know where it came from but I do remember just having this sort of mind that would pay attention to behaviors around food mm -hmm. uh, and then my parents ended up selling uh, for a multi-level distributing company vitamins mm -hmm. it was called Shockley I, I think it's yeah. Yeah. Okay. My friend Jen uses that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, our house was just like shelves and shelves of all these vitamins. And I literally, I don't think I'm quite 13 and there's books also. So here I am grabbing the nutritional almanac book <laughs> and I'm constantly reading it and Vogue magazine or whatever, sweet 16 or whatever it would have been back then. Just, I didn't grab it. Yeah. So it was as if there's, there was these pieces, right, that came in to kind of nudge me. Uh, still, I didn't listen. I, I ended up going into the Bachelor of Music, and I after about six months to a year, I looked around and went, I don't belong here. These people are different. Really? <laughs> you did notice that, though? You had that feeling? Yeah. And I strapped on a backpack, and I went to Australia and New Zealand for six months. And I, I went from somebody with very little confidence to that really bringing up a confidence level. And I literally stood on a dock in Perth or Fremantle because they're still really close. And I heard 
become a dietitian. Are you serious? <laughs> and yeah. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I was working in alternative medicine at the time. So it felt like it had something to do with that, but I, I had to fill in the pieces after the fact. So I was that for a long winded answer. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I love that. That's usually how it happens. You know, it is that voice of, of go this way. And that's scary though, because did you initially trust it? Did you know that it was the next or were there hiccups along the way? Every, every <laughs> turn was, it, it's such a long answer. So are you brace yourself? We've or? got time. We've got time. Buckled in. <laughs> Well, put it this way, if, if I would have heard the nudge earlier, I would have enrolled maybe into the university um, to become a dietitian and found out, sorry, your grades aren't good enough. Mm. Um, so I may have aborted miss, the mission, yeah. but because I was in Australia and, I, and time was elapsing in that case, it allowed me to go back do some upgrading because I was not in the science, I was in the arts. So I had to gather these courses to plump me up for this registered dietitian program. And that time allowed me to become what we call a mature student so that you, your grades, they're a little bit more lenient with. (laughs) So I just applied and, uh, and sort of had this gut feeling I'm going to be accepted. I move, I'm now married. Um, I, I move my husband and I up to the city where this university is and just on a whim, I hope I'm accepted. Oh, before, yeah. before you were accepted, you moved. Wow. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> Cause I, I, this is really, it's a bachelor of science program. I'm calling it dietitian program, but I know nothing about it. And so I'm standing in this lineup for a biochemistry course. And this gal asked me, Hey, did you apply for the registered dietitian? Um, Cause we have to, you have to do internship along your journey. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and went, yeah, but I didn't <laughs> know what she was talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I had to race. There was a four hour period of time left for me to get this resume through the day when emails were not, it was fax machines and so anyway, I managed to pull it off, not knowing what the heck I was applying to. And I didn't realize you don't become a registered dietitian without the internship. So if it weren't for that nudge also, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have become a registered dietitian potentially. Wow. Yeah. And we're the fine timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've, so all, we've had, sorry, all go ahead. Those, yeah. All of those are not like, oh, here's the clear path. No, it's like, Doo. right. It's like a ping pong game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the right track then. That's that's my trajectory. Yes, <laughs> Grab yes. the paddle. Just get after it. That's right. Well, that didn't work. Okay, we'll go over here. Yeah. That's yeah. Not- yeah. We've had a couple of, of other registered dietitians on, and it's been very eye-opening to see how they kind of veered away from a lot of what they actually learned in school versus their entire philosophy and logic now. And it's, it's barely even similar. Is that fair to say, Kala? Yeah. Like with yeah. Carly and mm-hmm. is, is that your experience? I'm so glad I'm not alone. Yeah, really? <laughs> but it took a while for me. I, I let, I was one of those that fresh out. I had alternative medicine background too, though. Mm. 
Mm. So this combination was already unique. And I already had this sort of open mind to, you can do things for yourself to be empowered. And that was always in the background for me. Whereas in some of the other medical curriculum, it was more about go to your doctor and they'll tell you what to do, or, you know, they'll tell you what's wrong. And it took me years. I mean, I was one of those like beat the drum going, this is what you do. You eat more fruits and vegetables and you just got to get moving. And, Mm -hmm. and then I hit perimenopause. (laughs) Um, And I, a lot of stress was happening and I had a lump on my pituitary gland Mm -hmm. and on my thyroid and my body acted as if it was pregnant and a menopause at the same time. (laughs) That's a personal hell. (laughs) I was like, okay, so I was running marathons and now I sure don't want to. And I barely want to lift my head off the pillow type scenario. So what my messaging was, was great for those who were already in the healthy world, but not if you were struggling. Mm-hmm. And so it took for me to kind of go through like an oscillator and, and twist me into reality mm. and became, oh my gosh, there's so many missing pieces and it's in the mind somehow. And I don't know about the mind. I only know about the curriculum of nutrition itself or the science or the body, mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit. I, I didn't know how to, and many people would come to me with emotional eating Mm-hmm. same right and so yeah. at the level of thinking that I had it was like all medical curriculum what are your symptoms here's your pill here's your diet what are your symptoms here's your pill here's your diet and on and on it would go mm-hmm. and the, you know the Einstein quote you cannot solve a problem with the level of thinking that creates the problem mm. and for me it was oh my gosh I have to change my level of thinking to correct the problem there go the not looking at just the symptom level that there would be cause to the effect and better go find out what's causing first Mm -hmm. and that led to okay if there's missing pieces where do I go and I'm now in my 50s at this point and I'm going I don't want another career (laughs) I don't want to go back to university totally that's a lot of work I'm burnt out and da 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 barely lift my head off the pillow so to speak And so the life coach hat comes along into the journey and there it was, it was, oh my, this is self-sabotage. Here's the four hidden barriers of success. And and now I was able to talk about the mind level to the emotional eating, to the nutrition, like bridge the gap Mm -hmm. and developed the domino diet formula out of that, which became the book and an assessment. I have an assessment that I do with people prior to actually working with them. And it's, it's actually looking at their entire life, not just the nutrition piece. Yeah, no, that's great. Yes. So it was nice the life coach. So relatable. Mm-hmm. It kind of sparked the mind part of the puzzle for you. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, I had already had a quest in me for the spiritual aspect. Yeah, there's gotta be more to life. Mm-hmm. You start going, okay. <laughs> Hmm. what happens after you know the, you, you're doing a lot of work do you get to enjoy life and what's my purpose all those things so that was already sort of what my quest and what's interesting and I kind of wrote about this is we spend a lot of our generate or sorry our our time in life focused on the body mm-hmm. 
maybe when we're younger, it's not so much. I mean, I don't, I think I didn't even recognize that I had a body till I was about 10. You know, yeah. I was sort of in this imaginary world playing with Barbie and whatnot. And it wasn't until I was 10 that someone said, hmm, it looks like you put on some weight. Mm. And I was like, I, I didn't even know I had a body to even right. pay attention to the flaws of it. Right. The first segment being very much, you're in the imaginary world, I feel like mind and then our, our body, sorry. And then into our teens, we start to focus on the vanity aspect. Yeah, hyper-focus for sure. Very much. And then we go into maybe our um, college and university years and we start thinking about learning knowledge. And personally speaking, I think when you hit 40s, 50s, you're more on the spiritual, but I think that's changing. I think people are fast forwarding to get there quicker. Mm -hmm. But rarely are they simultaneous in our life. You know, mind, body, spirit is talked about, but when are we actually synergizing them all together? rather than in silos mm -hmm. and that I felt might be the missing link that if, unless you're bringing all three together you're really only teaching treat, treating a part of the body or part of the person mm -hmm. and I thought oh there it is that's so how do you do that and the life coach hat was bringing it all full circle for me wow oh, I love that I call those dots at the end of a sentence it's oh. like okay I know where to go next because <laughs> yeah. that's really cool so many times when we, when we do speak to people in the diet and, and health industry, the first thing that people want to know is, is, well, what makes you different? What, why is it different than what I've tried? Do you think it is because of those, the silos and those connections between the three? Is that what makes yours different? Well, it, the domino diet formula itself is, so I'll say it first is your yeah. thoughts that lead to how you breathe. And mm. it's your breathing that creates a hormonal cascade and there are different hormonal cascades to primary and it's your hormones that create your feelings and your feelings kind of activate your actions and then your results mm -hmm. so in the beginning of that formula which is a way past the diet you know it's way at the beginning is how you think is how you breathe mm -hmm. and that's different most people are not talking about the parasympathetic system and the sympathetic system, which are your hormones. Most say, I felt like having chocolate. I was craving X, Y, or Z. Well, the truth is no, you had to have been thinking at first. Mm -hmm. And you have a control switch in your brain, for lack of better words, that can create how you breathe, that can affect your feelings, not the other way around. So Speaking of, you know, my hormones are out of balance, for instance, which is a common thing we'll hear. Well, it's not quite like that. You do have way more control than you think. So I think what's different about what I do is going to the, the deep-rooted part of it, the really activating how your, your awareness of your thoughts, how you're breathing, and realizing that we are way more empowered with tools to create Better, better structures of support around. So it's almost as if the diet becomes last. Mm. It's like a result of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Intuitive eating. People talk about intuitive eating. Well, what is that? Well, you get in touch with your intuitive side more. Okay. Well, how do you do that? We have to right. be aware of your thoughts. And anybody who's into yoga, for instance, knows breathing is part of that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that whole system is the same as getting to your intu intuition. And doing that before eating would be intuitive eating also leveled up. So personally, I think I bring in the science aspect along with the life coach hat, along with the nutrition hat. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it slightly different. Um, that's at least the feedback. Can you go into the breathing a little more? Like yeah. how people can incorporate that into their, not just their eating, but to, I guess, manipulate their central nervous system to get a, a better hormone profile? Yes. So what we're very, very designed for and have for centuries and centuries, which is why we're actually here speaking, why we survived is the fight flight response. And it's in our DNA. Thank goodness we still have it today because, uh, you know, reacting in traffic or whatever the case might be. The problem being that it's a default, almost as if it's our first reaction. And that wouldn't be so bad, except for it is producing cortisol. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, that's a fat storing hormone that is linked to more heart disease and so forth. So when you breathe without even you being aware as we're all breathing 24 seven, and thank goodness our subconscious mind is doing it for us, or you'd have to stay awake to breathe. <laughs> well, the, the conscious mind can change the breathing, but not unless you're aware. Right. Yeah. So two ways of answering that is to say, first of all, recognize that most likely it could be frantic breathing or driving in traffic and eating at the same time or whatever the case might be that it can be more in the fight flight response the brain is reading how you're breathing so it knows what hormones you need do you need to fly away do you need to freeze mm -hmm. depending on the scenario i'm a freezer that's what i've learned freezer? and i'm flying yeah. <laughs> fight fight with the spouse fight with the teenager fight with a coworker. It, and, and you'll, people who that's it and they're out the door, they're yeah. flyers and I yep. freeze. I mean, that's all the psychology piece to relationships and we can get into that, but for nutrition, how you, how you are digesting. So you're literally producing cortisol as if you're running, say you're running a marathon. That's not a time to be digesting. Trust me. Right. <laughs> so your actual digestive system shuts down. And so say you're eating, fighting or watching the news or even eating that popcorn while you're watching a scary scene, you're in flight, fight, flight mode. Mm. The brain knows no different. Is this a true mammoth or is this just a little fight? I don't know. She's reacting a certain way based on her breathing. Okay, stop. And if you, I mean, there's different ways to get to the parasympathetic system to to switch off to the other pathway. But one that I've been taught the most is to breathe through your nose and out through your mouth like you're blowing through a straw. Three times roughly. You know, I've been talking a lot, so I need a couple. <laughs> yeah. Why breathing that way? In, in history, we don't know of a scenario where you'd be running from a mammoth and breathing like you're blowing a straw your brain's going oh so things are okay now yeah we're good sends off serotonin dopamine the calm down hormones parasympathetic system also known as the rest digest and create mode so by simply breathing that way 
into this, I call it the R&R response, you are in superior digestive mode. So imagine how much heartburn and digestive disorders and stress, uh, at least response that constant in the body and heart disease may be being minimized to a, a large degree anyway, just by simple breathing. And what if you did that right before eating? What if you turned off devices and didn't watch the news and simply went into this, I call it the power of the pause mm. and breathe, flip everything over to superior digestion and not, not orbing those nutrients because you'd be digesting better. Mm. And with serotonin on board like that, you will likely feel fuller faster because it is one that feel, makes you feel fulfilled. So to me, sometimes when we're eating, especially when we're not really hungry, we're actually looking for serotonin. And that could be delivered just by a simple. Uh, so that's the domino effect of how you think, got to be aware of your thoughts to control your breathing. And then the rest falls into place. That, that's, that's so interesting because you basically just explained why people who are binging, they just override their say she say she, you know their their fullness yeah. and because they're looking for serotonin is is that what you're saying but they're looking for it in food i would say if it's a binge um there's a good good possibility that anxiety and fight flight feelings were there prior now if you're in fight flight back in our dna i mean this is centuries old it would have meant go get that animal and eat the mm -hmm. animal and carve the animal. Like there would have been all this fight flight hormonal response. And it's quite likely that that person who's into a binge may be deprived of eating for a segment of time. Mm -hmm. Our subconscious mind does not know, are you on a desert island? Like what, what's the reason you're not eating here? Cause I have a heart to pump mm -hmm. and I have a, your lungs to inflate and it all takes energy mm -hmm. and it'll go into these triggers. Go look for the food, go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to guess that somebody who's in a binge, I mean, I would work with them and dig a little deeper, but it's po possible that they went for too long without eating and they're in fight flight and good luck. When you're in fight flight, it's as if to say your rational mind isn't quite there to, to, as, as superior. Mm. If that person can catch it and not go into judgment and guilt and all the things that would go in, you know, that would be quite possible. Um, they would breathe. They would catch it and it would slow that train down. And that might take a little bit longer than just three breaths for somebody who's in a full, full blown binge. Mm -hmm. Wow. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did you out of, out of all the chapters and all the dominoes, which one did you personally have the hardest time with or, or have the hardest time writing about? Probably the actual diet part. Yeah. <laughs> because I had already for 30 years as a dietitian talked about the, the micronutrients, the macros sort, sort of felt like, meh, there's books about that already. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I read about this? So What's tedious. <laughs> felt like been there, done that. Mm -hmm. But when I was able to write about the mind and all these other places, I came to life. It was mm. resurrecting my career, really. Oh. And I mean, the, even the word diet appearing on the title, domino, the domino diet was a tug of war for me. I really? bet. Yeah. 
But people judge uh, that right away. Oh, it's a four letter word, Mm -hmm. you know, literally. But (laughs) it came to me in the middle of the night. So another woo woo part of myself, but I literally woke up in the midst of a sleep with the title being delivered to me and I could see the dominoes and the words on the dominoes. Wow. uh, In the middle of the night. And I, I actually was trying to put the dietitian to bed and resurrect this life coach piece, mm-hmm. not bring them together. And here it was, this title was coming <laughs> along saying, you're going to do both. I don't want to do both. I want to do life coach. And so I, yeah, I definitely struggled with it. And I sat with it the next day. I think it was, you know, I'm trying to collapse time here. I think it was the next day or the day after. And I sat with it going, why that title? It's the only one that seems to be sticking for one. Mm-hmm. And then I heard, Carrie, you remember <laughs> what that title, the diet means. And I went, oh, it's from the Greek word dieta. And dieta means a way of life. And here I am being a life coach. Wow. So I then really strongly, I could feel it so strongly in me saying, you are the dietitian on a mission to bring back the true meaning of the word diet. Oh my gosh. I know. I love it. I love that. (laughs) I didn't even know that we have like warped and sabotaged this little word, especially in this country. And it, it is, it's a four letter word. People hear it and they're like, Ooh, you know, yeah, Yeah. that's, I didn't know that's where it stemmed from. It. Yes. And since that time, it's become another four letter word for me, which is love. (laughs) It's okay. I'm pivoting this. This is great. I'm bringing back what was centuries long of what it was truly about and taking away only the last two decades kind of going you're the ones who need to be out the door totally and it's that's been fun now i'm i'm being called the dieta diva oh <laughs> what a great title great and well it takes a bit of explanation obviously as you're hearing but the word diva actually comes from the word divine mm-hmm. so to break that all down it is Oh, I'm a dietitian on a mission to bring back the way of life of the divine. Mm. That's a spiritual. I mean, check yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every time my own little goosebumps. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I love wow. when purpose comes together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it never is in the way that we anticipate it to be, is it? I, I think your story more than proves that. <laughs> I agree. That's 100% true. Yes. <laughs> I think, okay, since... I am a trainer. I do feel the need to bring up, you talked about um, how resistance training can help um, rebalance your hormones or stabilize them. Can you talk about that a little bit for all my clients? (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening. Well, I almost picture in my mind, almost like building a foundation first. I'm a big proponent of walking first. Um, getting the, you know, the circulation going and the breath control and it's inexpensive and mm-hmm. um, subconsciously it doesn't seem so intimidating. Mm-hmm. And that really gets an awful lot going now. Breath control and all those things do come into play. But as you know, as a trainer, there can come a point where, gee, I wouldn't mind a bit of a quantum leap on seeing results. Yes. And nothing, nothing brings those kinds of results like muscle. Mm-hmm. And muscle, as you know, the biggest ones being in our arms, our butt and our legs, the more we can build, the more calorie efficient we become. Mm-hmm. 
not to mention range of motion and strength overall, as you know, but I, I think it's important to understand that for every pound of muscle that you build, you're on average going to burn about 25 calories more just sitting. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing throughout the day in our basal metabolic rate, which meaning what we're doing, just pumping the heart and so forth, when we have a bit more muscle on us, it's just, what is it? Tenfold all the benefits that come with that. Mm -hmm. You're using more glucose, sugar, you're using more triglycerides that that's all helping the heart. It's helping with diabetes and just, strength in and of itself. But I think there might be another component that people don't talk about when it comes to resistance training. I mean, you're, you're very mind body, maybe not so much spirit, but focused with concentrated breath. Like, yeah, aren't we saying that when you're, when you're doing resistance training and if that's not parasympathetic, that's definitely to me. So I think we're producing a bit more serotonin in that type of breath as opposed to running. If you don't love the running, especially, and if you're not conscious of your breath, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it could be that we're producing more of the cortisol. So what does it come right down to? The foundation is movement while conscious of your breath. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you're connected to either your own self or nature or something that brings in that spiritual aspect. And resistance training or yoga or walking or, or dance can bring all of those, I think. Mm -hmm. Probably the unique factor to this, and you you could speak to it way better than me, is that you're building that extra muscle. Yeah. That's gobbling more calories. Yeah. But it sounds like even that, it just comes back down to breathing. If you're not breathing right, you could be stressing yourself out more, doing the exact same thing as opposed to relaxing. Yeah, you could be somewhat counterproductive. I mean, I almost want to say maybe 60% is counterproductive, but there's a 40% that you're moving at least. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for some people walking is a lot of effort to start with. They might be breathing labored at first, mm -hmm. but why not be aware of that more? Why, why breeze past that mm -hmm. and not be all of us? I think, I mean, I think that's why yoga is making a real upturn in our society because of that centeredness and it is mind, body, spirit, and it is taking in that uh, breathing aspect. Because I also wrote about um, when we're releasing weight, 90 or 80%, sorry, is roughly through carbon dioxide. Mm. And some of that type of training as the weight resistance training goes, running if you're conscious and yoga will do that as well. That deep exhale, exhalation, is only assisting that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of hormonal things involved in that as well, but there, I got a little deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so good. I'm yeah. like in the midst of regulating my hormones. So I'm like, this couldn't be more timely. And I even, I feel like I can tell you this now. I wrote and start on my notes. I am the audience you wrote this book for. <laughs> so Aww. I'm like, so thankful that we're, that we're learning directly from you today. I, I can't say it enough, really. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. So yeah, thank you for noticing that your imbalance of your hormones, we yeah. all have hormones changing. I mean, yeah. menopause, trust me, menopause happens. Yeah. It's just part of nature, but there's a lot of imbalances that are not normal. So why don't we get to those that then when the natural ones occur, it's, it's not so imbalanced in that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think a lot of people could go their entire lives with improper hormone ranges? Yes. That's, that's got to take years off your life, you know, at, at the end of the day, just from the stress, just pure physical stress your body is experiencing, I, I would guess. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I think it's sort of preconditioning people for anxiety, depressions, uh, P PCOS diseases and, uh, you know, polycystic ovarian disease. I think we've got um, a lot of heart disease that's connected to it. I just don't think it's been studied enough. I honestly, infertility, for instance, I wonder how much of it was back to poor dieting, the yo-yo dieting effect mm. and, and the body going into this. I don't know if this is right conditioning to have a pregnancy, for instance. Yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with the female triad syndrome being in no. training. Uh, it's very common in athletes, but it will... It's maybe not always called that for everyone, but it basically is if you're not eating enough while being an athlete, your estrogen levels drop. Well, with women, right? Mm -hmm. Estrogen levels drop. Usually your cycles off and it's unpredictable and then it can stop altogether. Mm -hmm. All because of not eating enough. And of course- I had a bit of that in college. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward, it can kind of, did it heal? Did it rectify? Or is there easy triggers for things to occur to, to correct metabolism quickly? Because all your subconscious mind cares about, it gives rats behind about Vogue magazine. <laughs> it cares a lot about your heart and your lungs and all the core. You can live without your limbs, but you cannot live without your core. So if it's not being satisfied, it, it goes off on radar to, to make sure that you get what you need and it shuts everything down until it does receive. Uh, that's my journey. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's literally leading up to, and like, I'm not there yet as far as like feeling my best yet, but I know we're on the right path to, to getting yeah. it there. And what a difference, just even knowing that it's gotten better. I can, I feel like a totally new person, but I also know that I'm not there yet and that there's still things that I have to work through. But uh, I, the hormone regulation is so key to literally every component I'm learning of, of life. It is. Um, one, one little tool is so simple. I wrote about it is how do you handle your thoughts? So I have little ponytails and things hanging off of door handles, door handles, toilet handles, <laughs> banister handles to be able to say, Hey, how, how am I handling my thoughts? Oh, like and, reminders. And then by asking the question, how am I handling my thoughts? I can correct my breathing mm -hmm. and balance out my hormones throughout the day. Cause remember I came from, Hey, you're in pregnancy and menopause at the same time with Im imbalanced hormones, uh, all from worry, all from stress. And if you can catch your thoughts, control your breathing you can ask yourself also have I been thinking in the future a lot or the past if I'm in the future thinking I'm probably in a lot of worry anxious uh, anxious energy if I'm in the past a lot it's a bit more depression usually and you can be correcting those because neither of them have occurred the past right. gone and the future hasn't happened yet so you can kind of repattern which is also balancing 
Yeah. My dad always says, don't worry twice. And it always makes me so mad whenever he says that, but he's so right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks dad. (laughs) Thanks dad. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, what did you mean by veggies and forgiveness? Can you talk a little bit about that in your book? (laughs) What do fruits and veggies and forgiveness have in common? Yeah. (laughs) Well, they don't always taste good to people. (laughs) One, um, mostly that it's an inside job in terms of healing Uh, when we talk about resentment and talk speak about feelings and when you think about resentment feel feel the constriction in your body right you can feel almost like everything's contracted a bit and that of course stems back to the breathing and the thinking and it's it's whatever you're feeling for that individual or that situation is actually happening internally for you so like a pressure cooker dialing up all those feelings I think leads to a binge emotional eating leads to the heart disease and so forth not just simply what happened in that 24 hours it's what you're carrying all day it's where your mind sits and uh, being aware of that and being able to contain your thoughts and so forth and correct your breathing is kind of like the when we eat fruits and vegetables there's a lot of internal wonderfulness happening as well And when I usually speak about it, I get into the red blood cells and how they regenerate. So depending on how much time I have. (laughs) You've got, you've got, you've got the floor. floor. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, the red blood cells, as we sit here right now, we had new baby ones born today. And so old ones were shed in 120 days, four months, you'll have a brand new baby batch. Like the whole batch will be brand new. It's a girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're brand new. They're right. Yeah, like they're like, oh, I'm everything that you did for me this whole 120 days, or the opposite. Yeah. And there's a lot of studies that show a that serotonin produces better, you know, uh, hormonal chemistry, basically, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, how we eat a certain way, how we breathe a certain way. Oxygen is part of our red blood cells and how we are exercising as trainers would know. (laughs) And imagine that if you had a four month plan of up leveling how you're eating and how you're breathing and these red blood cells, how they would respond. And we know that those red blood cells communicate to every organ in your body from head to toe. They carry oxygen, they carry iron, they carry nutrients, they carry the cholesterol and the sugar too. What if they're superior? And would that not mean that my body's healing from the inside out when I'm up-leveling them from that mindset and that next set of red blood cells will be superior so that I'm going to think better next and then so on and so on and so on it goes. So the fruits and vegetables are a huge part of that because the antioxidants, the micronutrients, I talk about a lot in, in, in book that are part of those cell membranes. And we know even with eating healthier fatty acids, that those membranes become stronger. Even with uh, bone breakage, we know that when we have more calcium, that they'll heal quicker. We know if you have uh, certain injuries that more protein will help you heal. Well, of course, fruits and vegetables are a part of, of all of this as well, but especially the red blood cells. So in a, in a nutshell, pardon the pun, <laughs> forgiveness piece that eating the fruits and vegetables are what are going on behind the scenes inside that are often underestimated 
and with the unforgiveness, how that's underestimated. Mm. Yeah. It feeds, it takes over. Mm -hmm. it does. Wow. I, um, I have a lot of clients that I, I want to talk about self-sabotage because uh, I have some clients, a lot of them that do it. Some of them are totally unaware that they're doing it, but some of them are aware, but they still can't seem to break that, that cycle. And you had this quote that I want to read because it, it was just one of those quotes that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, it said, uh, the very reason diets tend to fail is because your thoughts and emotions keep you trapped and pull you back even after you've seen results. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you go into that? Um, well, it's a combination. If, if some of this is theoretical, some of these things we in our DNA, as I mentioned before, we have centuries and centuries and centuries old, long before we cared what we really, really looked at, looked like. And in that DNA was being accepted so that we weren't outsed, so that we could stay warm, so that we were fed, makes sense. So what would we have done over the years to be accepted? We would have done everything to avoid judgment. We wouldn't have wanted to seem out or the weak or the uh, outshining or something that just seemed like, nope, that might get me kicked out too. <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we've been conditioned for years and years to be accepted. Um, there's, so there's some fundamental fears that are built into this DNA. One of which is the fear of being a failure, you know, feel of fear of being flawed itself. Again, back from the DNA, a fear of outshining. And so it would, it would be like this. If I run around the neighborhood, the neighbors are going to watch me. They're going to see me. So who cares? But, but it's in there, right? Um, telling your friends, I might, I'm going to, I might join a marathon. What? What are you thinking about that? You know, that means you're going to be all boring when you, so it's all these fears that are in there. I might not be accepted. Um, I mean, I'm just using a nutritional one, but it could be that you went to university, your parent didn't, or you earn more money, your parent didn't. So you sort of like squish it down so that they don't feel like you're outshining them. So that's another way it could morph. Mm -hmm. uh, fear of abandonment. If I, if I lose a lot of weight, my husband won't accept me the same, right? All of these are fears that are potentially all of them or one that's primarily weaving in the background. The last one being fear of burnout. If I stick to this, my life will be boring. If I stick to this, uh, I won't be accepted over for the potlucks. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm even sharing some things that happened for me as a dietitian. You think they want to invite the dietitian to a potluck if I'm bringing oh. veggies all the time. So, I mean, I dealt with that with Leanne for the longest time in our friendship of like, what should I have when she comes over? Because, oh, you know, and it's like, it's so ridiculous. It, it takes away from the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of these, now you have more tools. You've submerged yourself into doing this, for instance, you're hearing all these different, what about when you don't, what, what about when you're coming, yeah. you, know, you just finished raising babies and your brain's kind of mushy. You haven't even done self-development. You're trying to put the train on the tracks. And there's a lot um, martyr sy syndrome of, well, if I invest in myself, what about the kids? Mm -hmm. I, I won't be able to afford another wardrobe. All of this is paradigm world. And it's all fear of being outsed. Now, what do you do? Well, that it takes time. Obviously, we have to sort of um, go ex-skip them. And I think it really, really helps 
that people are aware of the fact that it's not really their fault, that it's so ingrained. It's not uh, to slap your hand every time that you felt guilt or a binge or a self-sabotage because in your DNA, you were built to survive and this is how it looks. Hey, the good news is though, we do have warm shelters and lots of food around. So we actually can stop and say, it's not our last supper. Mm -hmm. The house does not have to look perfect. <laughs> we could go for the walk instead. And that there's a few fears that'll come in usually that are, I call it the three D's in the book, uh, where it's either gonna come in as distraction, I'll go put the laundry in instead of go for a walk. Why? Like all of a sudden it matters that that laundry is done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Again, that comes from the fear of acceptance in your house and, or the fear of dissuasion. Like, well, if I lose the weight, I won't be able to afford the clothes anyway. Like seriously, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, that that's a common, you've heard that I'm sure. Yeah. And the other one is DEFCON one, they call it, which is what on earth have I signed on for? I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle the soreness of my muscles afterwards. I don't know if I can handle the fact that I'm going to be all sweaty afterwards and go back to the office. You know, there's all of this playing fear in the background, but if we can catch it, being aware of our thoughts, right? With the <laughs> thoughts, uh, we can repattern them. And each one of them might look different for some people, but it can be as simple as, well, that was then and this is now. Mm -hmm. Or every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. That's where I'm going. So you, it, we, it depends on the individual, but I'll find one that they, they can repattern. Mm -hmm. yeah. That matches with. Their I'm sorry, can you say that again? It cut out. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, okay. So usually I'll kind of, one of those uh, fears are more primary, be, the, mm -hmm. be it shining or whatever the case might be. And finding a repattern that matches that is quite effective. Mm -hmm. yeah, I bet. What parent doesn't want their child to actually have done better? That's part of the evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, right. And I forgot about that. Yeah. So whatever it is to repattern that thinking. And yeah. does it usually take, like, is there a, an amount of time that you can kind of get people to process through that? Or is it just totally individual? As much as it is individual, it's amazing what that 120 days, that four month stretch will do. Because mm -hmm. you blow past that whole, uh, habits can be recreated obviously. Mm -hmm. Mindset of I'm healing from the inside out. I have 120 days as a target for my uh, blood cells to renew. And it's enough of a stretch, but it's not so intimidating that is, you know, a full long year, for instance, because mm -hmm. by the time the four months have spanned, your level of thinking is already improving mm -hmm. then on to the next and then on to the next. So four months is a nice sweet spot that I like to work with people because it, it gives them that inside feeling of healing. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And it's encouraging just to know like, okay, I could do that three times over in a year. You know what I mean? And, and be a totally different person in just four months. Exactly. Yeah. And what would it look like if we just changed our expectation of it and set one to two goals as opposed to 10? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm being told everything that I need to hear today. <laughs> I saw your head just fly back. I was like, oh. <laughs> 
gosh, I needed, yeah, I need to hear all these things. I'm on the right path. It just, you do, you have to work through it and it's, it's difficult to do. I, I feel very out of my body lately. So um, it's good to know that that's not always going to be the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. if we were working together, I'd say up until now, that's a repattern yeah. right there. Cause your subconscious brain doesn't get a chance mm-hmm. to get that on the track for too long. No, up until now, because yeah. every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Mm. That's oh a nice God. mantra. I know. I know what's going on in my mirror. Yeah, <laughs> right. From Emily Koo, if I have it correct, it's in my book. I'll have to double check. Yeah, I'll have to go back in and look at it. That's so mm-hmm. cool. You talk about doing the um, four areas of assessment in one's life. Can you mm-hmm. talk about those different areas and how that impacts? Yeah, happily. Uh, my analogy is using four tires on your vehicle because uh, in studies it shows that we are rooted in our, our four areas health our wealth our time uh, well that is time as well sorry our career or our purpose some people want to call it vocation or purpose and our relationships and like four tires on a vehicle it's not like we say one tire is more important than the other. <laughs> so I, I try to look at that as an analogy to say we want all four tires plumped up and floating, obviously, so that we're driving very, very smoothly. But if one tire is overinflated or deflated, our vehicle drives out of balance. So if I'm really, really focused on my career, which is a tendency that I have, it might mean I'm not paying enough attention to the other tires and it'll, it'll symptomize. So generally when I'm sitting with somebody, I'll say, let's rate your tires from a scale of one to five in your relationship. Would you give it a one or a five and so on and so forth. So they may have come to see me related to health. And yet when we do the assessment, their health might be that it's actually at a four. It may not be perfect, uh, but they will say, well, it's not like I'm diagnosed with something. So maybe it's truly a four. Okay. And what about your career? Well, maybe it's the two. Is this on a scale of one to five? Yes. Okay. And so let's say they've rated on a scale of one to five their career at a two or a one in their relationships because a uh, fight with whoever or it's lacking relationship. That's where the problem lies. That's where the challenge lies. And yet we would have gone to health only. We would have okay, let's look at what you're eating. And I would have spent an hour talking about that, which is fine, but it would have been missing that where the thoughts begin, where the emotions begin, where the hormones begin. Because if we're feeling discontent or unsatisfied in the other areas, we'll eat them. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) By discovering those things is how I can bridge your emotional eating back to the relationship piece or the career piece and then work on it. And I talk about a gentleman in in my book who by doing that, it was like a tow truck came along and took his health with his other goals in life because he was very unsatisfied with his career and he just needed to dial up the musician inside of him. Mm. And by doing that, he said, because he was struggling with gout and weight and so forth. He said, Gary, now that I'm doing this music, if I want to be on the stage longer and having more endurance, what would I need to do? Probably more walking. Hey, I'm like, yeah, the same thing I was telling you a long time ago. (laughs) 
Now you're listening. <laughs> it frees up the space to be able to take in that information and, and to understand it and see it for what it is, for it's sure. Connected. Like your health by itself, past your 30s, I feel, is not, when the vanity is not picking up the slack, it's almost like it's not big enough of a goal unless it's mm-hmm. serving something. Mm-hmm. And it and it's, in my world, I call that a dream. If your health is serving a dream, like, that's what it did for me because at what point I was starting to get, I didn't care. I don't care. Yeah. But when my dream resurrected, I wanted my health to elongate my life so I could serve mm-hmm. my dream. Wow. So it, it, I wouldn't have done, it was not enough for me to just look at health without looking at every aspect. So back mm-hmm. to the four tires. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, cause you, you did reference like my, my favorite book that you are the placebo and you talk about and, and he, his whole book is about how emotions each have their own frequency and they can be measured in Hertz. And it's, it's hard to digest in that book, but you broke it down so nicely. Do you mind doing that for our listeners? Yeah. If I, if I'm catching what you're hoping I'll illustrate, <laughs> um, so yeah, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Hodkins, David Hodkins, at different times did similar studies and were able to measure our emotions, energy, everything is energy and energy can be measured. And that includes our emotions. And it turns out that our uh, lowest measure of emotions is shame and guilt. Shame being measured at 20 Hertz, pardon the pun, but it's Hertz (laughs) as an energy symbol Uh, and guilt is at 30 Hertz. Fear, oh, courage is around 200 hertz. Wow. Uh, fear about 150. And love is at 500 hertz. Peace around 600. Enlightenment up at around 1,000. And like a thermostat, our mind, our attitude, our body, everything is operating at a particular mindset, right? And therefore emitting a particular frequency. If you're spending a lot of time in guilt, which was where I was, that is why I it morphed into symptoms for me. I was going through a divorce. A lot of guilt comes up in that scenario. So it's as if my thermostatic setting was set on 20 to 30 hertz and everything was woe is me. And the pity party kept on going. You think parties have an end? Well, not pity parties, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave by nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't happening. So there was very little serotonin. It was mostly cortisol and all sorts of stresses were happening at that thermostatic setting. And it took, took time for me to realize that boy, there's quite a mean that 20 to 30 Hertz up to 500. Mm-hmm. And I started to process the fact that anger where I would experience anger as well, sitting around hundred Hertz, I would have thought, was negative and it can be of course but it's actually what can leverage you up to having courage or put you back down to guilt well for me it was putting me back down to guilt every time I would feel angry about an ex or or that sort of scenario well back to guilt I would go and I realized well maybe it's serving me because there's nothing like that feeling that comes along and one of these days you just say that's enough like I'm just at it no more of that. That's leveraging me up to courage. 
And then the question becomes, what would I love instead? Mm. As soon as you ask the question, what would I love? You automatically put yourself back up to 500 hertz. So it's a numerical way of looking at the science behind our, our emotions that we're admitting every day. And if you want something that you love, your dream, um, yeah, we'll just call that because it's better than a goal, I think. It's like dialing up to F, the FM frequency. And if you're on AM, you can't be on FM and AM at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's right. becoming aware of, again, your thoughts. Back to those thoughts. Be aware of your thoughts so you can <laughs> see where your emotions are and, and dial it up to what you would love. I hope I captured what you meant. Yes, you know more that than that was beautiful. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, I do want to bring up cravings. I know it's like it, it's on the top of every commercial talks about cravings when it's a health food and how we seem to be so out of control of them and we are the victim of our cravings. Can we yeah. talk about the craving checklist? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so sometimes we are craving love. We are craving something more purposeful in life. I almost think that sometimes food is sort of like this uh, distraction, like mm -hmm. actually you wanted this, this is just not really what you're after. But physiologically, there are things that we could be craving that are legit, complete legit. Again, your subconscious mind is pumping your heart and it's inflating your lungs and it requires sugar to do that, or at least a conversion down to sugar. Let's put it that way, carbohydrates. Um, so if you find that you're going through three to four hours worth of time without eat, like passing three to four hours worth of time without eating, it is possible that a craving that comes along for sugar is a legitimate, Hey, I'm actually hungry. And I just don't feel the hunger because I'm filling up on coffee or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, craving sweets can be an indicator craving indicator of dehydration. Um, it could be an, uh, maybe you had hot flashes all night. Trust me. I know that one. And it's a legitimate craving, um, of something salt. There can be uh, a mood based hormone based in terms of PMS or uh, like a bluesy feeling, or, um, a lot of people will say that they're craving chocolate, right. When they're feeling that particular, they may not feel that depressed right away, but there's sometimes that craving for chocolate. It's not always, but in the craving checklist, you could say, oh, is it, you know, a hormonal thing instead? Mm -hmm. Now, if it is hormone, what else could I do besides just the chocolate? And I didn't say not the chocolate, mm. but just the, I would say first, well, mind the breathing. If you're looking for serotonin, uh, doing craft, listening to music, going for a walk, getting good sleep, that can also be a part of that. And then see if you still crave that. And if you do, maybe you'll crave less of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then you'll find the compromises because when you're breathing into the parasympathetic system, that's where rest, digest, create lives. And you'll have a creative idea, maybe a creative comp compromise. Mm -hmm. Lastly, on the hormonal checklist is uh, when I mentioned sleep enough. Mm -hmm. If you're not sleeping enough, adults requiring roughly seven to nine hours of sleep, quality sleep, you may be producing more leptin, uh, sorry, ghrelin. And if you're producing more ghrelin, you're going to be hungrier typically. If you sleep enough, you'll produce more leptin, which is more, uh, gives you more fulfillment. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So just even sleep alone is a hormonal based way of craving or not craving. It, it, it is hard though, like I think for people coming into learning about their health and, and what's my first step to get better. And it, it is the only way to do it is, is all encompassing, but that's where I think it's so helpful. The way you laid it out in your book is, and, and especially how you talk about the four tires, you don't have to, like all four areas are not all struggle. I mean, maybe they are. I can't speak for everyone, but there are usually more struggling than others. But if you bring up those weaker links, you could feel so much better than if you just kept focusing on diet, nutrition, diet, nutrition. Um, and yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are, totally miss the ball. Yeah. It's a bit like a breath of fresh air, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you have all four tires flat, it's generally you're in burnout mm -hmm. and burnout is um, nothing like a focus, like painting plates. I don't know, painting something where an artsy part of yourself resurrects it instead. And that's what I was sharing with you with the other fellow in my book and it becoming something. All right. It's like a break. I don't have to think about calories. Nope. Yeah. Don't right. About calories. Take a break from that and focus on this. And then, uh, as a, as a byproduct or like a tow truck, as I say, it'll come along. Mm -hmm. um, and but understanding, I think first and foremost, that you're not so fundamentally flawed. Mm. There's a lot of physiological reasons, and that the focus has just been unfortunately media hyped into the body, onto the body, and dictated by airbrushed images, and <laughs> on and on and on and on. Yeah. I could go. And bringing back the diet as a way of life. Mm -hmm. The only way to do that is to look at the entire life. Yes. Oh, it doesn't get much better than that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. Carrie, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so, so much for coming and hanging out with us. Where can people find you and, and get connected with you? Anything the Domino Diet these days. Yeah. Um, you know, the website, I have linked to my actual business regardless. So thedominodiet.com info at the domino diet as in my email uh, basically you'll find me if you google the domino diet um, for nutrition month i have promos going on into spring i have promos and so forth going on so it sort of changes but generally there's something little little pearls of wisdom and little pearls that'll go along with that oh and there's a quiz that's just launching here right away on there so it, it's all to do with those four tires so oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah. What a great oh, assessment. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We can, we can attest there's tons of wisdom within, within your book. And obviously in this conversation alone, it's been really, really beneficial to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for your time. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Convo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon! <laughs>